Luke 1.37 tells us this, No word from God will ever fail. No word from God will ever fail. This is God's Word. The birth of a child is nothing short of a miracle. The gift of new life is something truly extraordinary to behold. During the pregnancy stage, every parent and grandparent and aunt and uncle and brother and sister, everybody has aspirations and dreams for what this baby is going to be like one day. If they don't know the gender, what's the first thing you think of? Oh, it's going to be a boy. It's going to be a girl. I just know it. Or if they do know the gender, she's going to have your blonde hair. Or I hope they're going to stay in the family business and take over the restaurant in 25 years. Even if you're not a parent, you've never been one, certainly you've projected your own aspirations onto little babies. Now, I hope they don't grow up to be like their dad. Or they're going to be like, they are going to like the UVA Cavaliers one day. I just know it. Right? We do this for even people not affiliated with us closely. All of these projections that we put onto babies are merely that, projections. They may or may not come true. We're guessing. Two brown-headed parents might have a blonde-haired kid. Instead of becoming a third-generation lawyer, the baby might become a head chef at a restaurant. Our preconceived notions or desires rarely, if ever, pan out as we think they should. In Luke chapter 1, we're introduced to Mary, who's a young woman, in shock after a glorious angel named Gabriel appears to her. Now, Gabriel isn't there to frighten her. The angel didn't come to scare her. And the angel wasn't there to punish her. The angel wasn't there to bring uh, news of judgment, as sometimes angels oftentimes do. But instead, this angel came, Gabriel came, to reassure her in verse 28 and 30 of Luke chapter 1 by telling her, Mary, you are highly favored before the Lord. The Lord is with you. You have found favor with God. Basically, the angel was saying, I'm here because God Almighty has chosen to shower you with grace upon grace like a waterfall. So then Gabriel does something interesting. He prophesies to Mary about two miracles that would soon take place. Firstly, in verse 31, the angel tells her, you will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. This is the first miracle because Mary was a virgin. She had never known a man. But secondly, Gabriel prophesies about who this child would be. Not only that she would be pregnant soon, but who is it that she would be carrying? And we find this in verses 32 and 33. He, referring to the child, the son, he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Before this baby was born, before this baby was on any person's radar, some mighty things were spoken about this baby. Before Mary was pregnant with this baby boy, astounding prophecies were made about this child. And this is in stark contrast to what we do with our own babies or with babies in general. The statements from the angel were not flippant. They weren't casual. They weren't things that just popped into that angel's head. These words were the very words of God. Because an angel is simply a messenger that speaks what God Almighty wants them to say. 
And these words were true, came true, and remain true for you and I today. As Luke chapter 1, verse 37 tells us, no word from God will ever fail. So friends, this Christmas Eve, the words spoken about Jesus are still true. Jesus was not a blip in history 2,000 years ago. You have to understand this. Yes, we do look back, we do think and look at the nativity scene and see how Jesus came 2,000-ish years ago. But it's not merely about a history lesson. The, the reality is Jesus is the king, and he is still the king today. He was the king, he is the king. And using the language that the angel used, Jesus is still the son of the Most High God. Jesus is still the true king, ruling and reigning from David's throne. And Jesus is still the king in charge. His kingdom will never end. In other words, one thing I like to say, Jesus is still the present tense king. The potency and power, you have to understand this. The potency and power of Christmas is that Jesus is still the king. Because of that, I ask you some simple questions this evening. What do you think of him? What do you think of him? Do you see that Jesus is not just a baby, but that he is God's own son from all of eternity? Do you see that Jesus is the king, yes, of the universe, but yes, also the king of your life? Do you see that and do you revere him as such? Do you believe that this king is a good king, that he is a just king, reigning in the fullness of grace and truth, as John 1.14 describes him as? What do you think of the Christ? Many people encountered Jesus when he walked on earth. And many people wrestled with that very question, who is this man? Some were religious, some were not, some were secular, some were Jewish people. They grew up in the, the church, if you will. Some had never stepped foot in the synagogue or in the church building, right, in our modern day context. But they all had to wrestle with this question, who is this man? Who is this man? How, where does he get these words that he speaks? How does he perform these powerful miracles? Who is this man? Some responded in anger, like Herod that we read about in the book of Matthew. Some responded in fear. Some responded in sadness. And some responded in joy. How do you respond to the king? How you answer that question is literally the matter between life and death. How do you respond to this king? I hope this Christmas season, this Christmas Eve, I hope that you'll be open to the truth. I hope you'll open up your own Bible. If you don't have one at home, please take the one in the pew. We can easily replace that. I hope you'll open up the Bible. And I hope that you'll respond to Jesus daily by bowing before him in humility. What does that mean? Some kind of vague, abstract language. Right? Bow before Jesus as king in humility. What does that mean? It means saying these types of things from your mouth. Lord, I'm sinful. You are the Savior. Lord, I am weak. You are strong. Jesus, I'm not in charge. You are. I'm foolish. You are wise. I stumble in sin. You forgive me time and time again. Jesus, I need you. Please help me. That's what it means to bow before the King in humility. And I pray that that humble attitude, 
would pervade your soul this evening, this Christmas Eve and tomorrow, Christmas Day, but that humble attitude will pervade your very life until the day you die. Will you join me in a brief word of prayer and we'll continue in song and in scripture readings. Our glorious Father in heaven, please help us to know your divine word. Please help us to love your word. And please help us to live out your word. We thank you this evening for sending Christ, the living word, who has come to speak life into our dead souls. May we hear the King in humility. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.